The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of chriscooper.co.uk and I'm delighted to be back with you for yet another week. And we're going to talk today about um, how to succeed on the phone uh, with my guest, Anthony Steers. But before I introduce Anthony, um, I'd like to say a big thank you to my guest last week, Lethem uh, Green. Uh, Lethem was talking about um, with me about how to create a, an awesome culture in an environment with 15,000 employees that's undergoing severe budget cuts. And he was talking about how they're you know, very creatively using social media. They have 40 automators who are going around sharing this awesome message across their um, authority. And it was really very, very inspiring to hear that uh, that sort of thing's happening in the public sector and some great ideas for anybody with an organization there. And it was also fabulous to find out that Lethem was a, a former world champion ballroom dancer at the age of eight. So I hadn't um, expected that when I first met him. Um, so if you, you know, if you want to uh, keep up with the, the news and the shows and my takes, um, I send out a monthly uh, business elevation newsletter. Um, it's, it's, it's full of you know, great content and it only comes out once a month. I don't bombard with uh, emails and things like that. But in that, I will tell you what's coming up. It will give you uh, some of my thoughts on some of the key messages from some of the shows uh, and uh, various um, the sort of article or two in there as well. And if you want to obtain that and find out more about the shows that are coming up and, and my unique kind of insights, then just sign up at chriscooper.co.uk and if at any time you want to unsubscribe, you can do that as well. Um, this week I've been um, had some amazing conversations with people who are coming up on the show. The fabulous Patricia Fripp, um, a very well-known North American uh, speaker and expert on sales presentations. She's going to be on there on the 20th of February. And next week, um, the founder of one of the biggest speaker bureaus in North America, Jonathan Wignant, is talking to me about dealing with change. And I was even talking as well to uh, Chad Barr, who creates a million-dollar website. So lots of great people coming up in the next few weeks. So let's talk about uh, my guest today and the show today. And I think communicating over the telephone is something that we all have to do. And uh, for some people, it's uh, you know, kind of a necessary evil. Some people really love, love um, using the phone. And, and my guest today, Anthony Steers, a.k.a. the telephone assassin. What a fantastic <laughs> name. <laughs> he's, he's on a mission. He's on a mission to get businesses talking again and to stop people from hiding behind their emails and social media and I can certainly uh, agree with him around that. And um, Anthony's going to help us today to learn the importance of telephone etiquette, how to perfect our pitch. Um, he's going to talk about the different groups of people you should be targeting, as well as how to structure a better script. 
and it should enable us to you know, really take control of our conversations and give us the ability to make every call count. And if you're one of those people, a bit like myself, who are a bit daunted by picking up the phone, then uh, you know, delivering uh, bad news or addressing an awkward situation, then this show is going to be a must. A bit of background about Anthony. He um, found himself at one stage in his, um, his career as uh, sales and marketing manager for five different companies all at the same time. Um, how he managed that. So he, he was uh, clearly in demand and he worked very closely, sales with an NLP master trainer. And he was able to teach people to fish for themselves and he began running telemarketing masterclasses. Uh, and I, when I met um, Anthony, you know, he's, he's a young guy, but there's something, there's something special about him. You can, you can tell he's um, really got his act together. He's very focused on, on, on telephone. And, um, and he's, he's developing lots of and delivering lots of mini master classes about how to avoid rejection on the phone, getting past gatekeepers, perfecting pitch and building rapport, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, he really does understand the art of a perfect uh, follow-up call and how to do this. So I think Anthony is someone to watch. I think it's a fantastic topic that applies to so many people. I've spoken to so many people last week or two, mentioned the show and, and Anthony, and they said, God, I need that, or what my husband could do with that, and, and things like that. So a big <laughs> welcome to Anthony Steers. Thank you very much uh, for that. That's an absolute pleasure to be on the show, Chris. And uh, thank you for all of those kind words. And uh, it's uh, like you say, it's something that many of us face. We all wander around with a with a phone in our pocket. But uh, how often do we choose to send a text message or an email uh, for certain uh, communications? It's really true. We do that because it's easier, don't we? Uh, yes, we tend to think we tend to think it's quicker and easier. Uh, sending a text is something that a lot of us are, are very quick to do. But uh, I often say, have you ever received a text message from somebody who you think's in a bit of a mood with you? You tend to add your own tone, don't you? And uh, the messages don't always come through in the way that you would like. And it's very very true. It's, you, people get the message much better either face to face, don't they, or hearing your voice because messages can be really misconstrued over the. Yeah. <laughs> certainly do and um, obviously with with the technology moving on and all of us having voicemails now it's it's a phrase that's disappearing a little bit but uh, we, we always used to say when you were phoning somebody uh, that was already on the phone that they're engaged and that's because they're engaged in a conversation you don't, you don't tend to say oh they're engaged reading their emails at the moment <laughs> no. very true very true so let's before we really get into the into the phone i'd be really interested if you could tell us a bit about you know, about yourself and what really ultimately got you interested in this uh, this area of the telephone Okay. Um, well, it, it sort of all happened kind of without me realising, if, if I'm honest with you. Uh, my first, let's say, proper job when I left school, uh, I went to work for a local estate agent selling residential properties. Um, fascinating job, uh, good commissions. And the thing that I found most fascinating is that you sit between the buyer and the seller. So you get to understand negotiations and how to balance people's expectations. Uh, but the thing that really led me on to needing to or understanding the importance of being good on the phone came when I was the valuer in our office and uh, our area bordered on to uh, Ascot where Royal Ascot Racecourse is so it's a very famous quite expensive place to live and uh, I remember valuing somebody's house and what would typically happen is I would be a, a, a few a little bit below what other people have been quoting and my fee was generally always higher um, but I would always put comparable properties down to justify the price uh, and I the first house I valued in Ascot as I as I left the husband turned to his wife and said huh, what does this kid know 
And I knew as I walked down the drive that uh, I was very unlikely to, to get this instruction and uh, passing the, the previous agent uh, on the drive on my way in who was driving his Jaguar and representing his own business, I felt a little bit out of my depth. Um, and when I returned to the office and explained what had happened to my uh, manager, um, she basically told me that I needed to prove to people that I wasn't a kid before I got there. And one of those people that uh, is blessed with with quite with looking quite young, particularly when I was in my sort of uh, late teens and twenties, um, had a bit of an issue about my age. And I found that if I could get into a ten or fifteen minute conversation with somebody before I met them, then quite often the first thing people would say is, "Oh, wow, you're younger than I expected," which I could then take as a compliment and rather uh, let it affect my complex. <laughs> really. So that's part of the reason that I found that I needed, that, that it was a benefit to be good on the phone. Yeah, that's, um, that's really, really interesting. And by the way, you, you really appreciate that uh, when you're in your 40s like me. Looking young. <laughs> Looking young. Oh, yes. So uh, that's why I've got the beard now, you see. It's, it's all going to come off soon. My, my father's told me it, this won't last for long, but we'll see. <laughs> but, but funnily enough, it was actually the job that followed the estate agents that kind of led me into being the telephone assassin because uh, I worked for uh, Thompson Directories, uh, a bit like Yellow Pages. They're, they're the, the blue book with all of the business details in there. And I sold a data profiling tool. So basically, would help clients identify their, their wish list or a very targeted database that they wanted to approach. And quite often, they would ask me, well, what do I send them or what do I say when I phone? So I began to write telesales scripts for some of my clients. And uh, when I had enough of them saying, will you make the phone calls for me? I, uh, I sort of left and, and started up on my own and ventured into the world of business all by myself. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then that's how I got into doing a bit of campaign type work. And then quite quickly, I got engaged to do some longer term stuff with clients. And as you said at the beginning, I was the sort of sales, sales and marketing manager for five different SMEs. Uh, and I was doing this in about four days a week, um, proving that sales for most businesses is a part-time job, if I'm perfectly honest with you. So if you do it in the right way, uh, just a few hours of being really uh, proactive makes a massive difference to most businesses. I mean, are you somebody who, who has learned not to, to fear being on the phone or do you just, do you just love that kind of an engagement do you enjoy it um i love I, I loved your words at the beginning you said i had some amazing conversations when you talked about uh, patricia fripp mm. um i get excited when i have a really good conversation with somebody um and the beauty of i think of a conversation is you just don't know where it's going to go you don't know who it's going to lead you to what opportunities you're going to come across um it's exciting it's it's a, it's a, a live opportunity and i think that we should really cherish talking to people. Um, when I get on my high horse and I deliver keynotes, I often talk about how um, quite a few years ago when mobiles were just first coming around, um, at New Year's Eve at the Striker 12, you'd get a few drunken phone calls from your best friends and your family telling, telling you how much they love you and all that kind of stuff and they're a bit too drunk. Um, but now they're all replaced pretty much with text messages, group jokey text messages that people send out. And I think that we're, we're losing um, <laughs> the appreciation of, of good conversation. And there's Twitter as well, which is even shorter. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was going to say Twitter is something that obviously I am on. Uh, I was sort of 
forced into doing it after speaking at a few events where the organisers told me I needed a Twitter handle and I had to do something. Um, I'm not hugely active from a social media front. When you look at me, I don't look like I'm doing a huge amount, but I'm on it a lot. It's fantastically useful for research and getting to know people uh, before you phone them. So, so let, tell me a little bit. I know we were kind of talking a bit about telemarketing um, when we were planning the show, and uh, you know how how has um, cha- you know how has it changed? How has uh, communicating over the phone when it comes to selling changed? Um, it's changed in a few ways, really. I think that the biggest thing for me is the mentality around the training for typical telemarketing or, um, or, or telesales, which is um, something that I don't agree with, um, that a lot of sale, uh, sales trainers and managers, um, to make you a bit more thick skinned, they try and tell you that each no is one step closer to your next yes. Uh, and this is designed so that you don't take the rejection personally and that you can keep your chin up until that until you stumble across that deal. Um, the problem, I think, with that is that the techniques that most of them use is to, is to blast a pitch down the phone because if you get to the end of your pitch, people are far more likely to say yes if they know what the, what the offer is. Um, but you still end up collecting no's. And I just think that two no's on the trot, you're either phoning the wrong people or you're taking the wrong approach. So for me, I think that we're all targeted by so many different media nowadays through sort of the amount of emails we get and phone calls and, and, and stuff through our door that we're bombarded with all of these messages. And you need to take the bombardment out of making phone calls. You shouldn't try and um, ambush somebody and, and rattle a pitch off down the phone as quick as you can because it just doesn't work. You end up collecting those. It's not an enjoyable process. And uh, for those companies out there that, that really value their referral and could always do with more of them the last thing you want to do is rub somebody up the wrong way by ramming your pitch down their throat and and not even getting permission to talk just blasting your message down the phone to them so i think that that's how the uh, telemarketing industry needs to change but one way that it has changed is 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 the advancement of technology and social media i think a lot of companies now are beginning to realize that you can blast out an email to 10,000 different prospects, but um, there's a very small conversion ratio. However, when you uh, start to be a bit smart and uh, perhaps do follow-up calls to the people you can see are clicking through to look at your website or for further information, even just a, a customer service call to say, we noticed you, you followed the links, did you find everything you were looking for, uh, you, you'll end up getting a much higher success rate um, from your campaigns. So I think that Technology is, is, is helping a lot and social media uh, allows us to do a lot more productive research. Excellent. So how, I mean, we, you know, blasting out uh, communication uh, in that way, I mean, many people listening in uh, may be working in organizations and, and, and do so outbound sales. I mean, mm-hmm. there's lots of people who will be listening who maybe are you know, smaller businesses and, you know, like ourselves who uh, have to use the phone. Um, what I do sort of get a, you know, I get a sense is that some of the, the old sales tactics that uh, people used to use uh, mm-hmm. and made the whole process you know a game really when someone <laughs> called up and there was all sorts of emotional tactics being used and things like that do you know has has those sort of approaches changed um, they still do occur sometimes I mean what, what's your view <laughs> hmm. well I I like to send myself on sales training courses and hear other speakers all the time um, a, a lot of the <laughs> old sales tactics require you to 
apply a bit of pressure to people, almost get them to answer a series of quite obvious questions, which then leads you to be able to say, well, you've told me this, this and this, therefore you must want that, um, which is quite a presumptuous way of, of speaking with people. Um, so... <laughs> for me i just think that so many of us now are, are used to and recognize common sales tactics that as soon as they're fired to us down the phone we don't feel a lot of people don't feel bad about hanging up or being rude or deliberately awkward to somebody who they think are basically just pitching at them down the phone so for me I think that old sales tactics are, are pretty blatant what it is you're, you're trying to do um, and people see right through it and will make it hard for you, basically. So that, that's kind of my view to it. Um, It'd be nice if with the, the, you know, people, people can learn to, when they make these calls, actually to, to leave somebody feeling better than when they pick the phone up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And um, it's, we'll probably go into a little bit more, but you're, exa you're exactly right. People need to get off the phone feeling like, wow, that was a good conversation. Like you said, wow, I, I had some amazing conversations. You want to feel excited and interested uh, once you get off the phone with somebody. Um, so for me, when it comes to getting pitches right and who it is you're going to target and how you're going to target them, um, there's less of the firing features and benefits down the phone. There's more of sharing success stories that they might be able to relate to. So perhaps looking at case studies or testimonials you've got from existing clients and sharing those with other people who might be able to relate or in a similar sector um, or of a similar size or in a similar location, depending on what that connection is. Okay, so we've just got about a minute before we go to commercial break, but is there anything else that, that people tend to get wrong when they use the phone? Um, yes, most of them are actually taught the wrong thing. So like I say, this each collecting nose mentality, I think is, is certainly one that people should try and shake off. Uh, to me, you need to act like a proactive expert. Uh, the purpose of your call and to speaking with clients shouldn't be to try and sell to them. You should simply be trying to help them to buy. And that's what I teach people to do. Excellent. Help them to buy. That sounds a good way to end this section. So after the break, we're going to come back and talk about, um, you know, why um, you know, telephone etiquette is the the best sales tool you've got, and how to to behave over the phone, and uh, move on to um, the pitch of voice and all those sorts of things. So uh, do join us again in just a couple of minutes, and uh, we look forward to um, sharing a little bit more. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper. I'm with Anthony Steers. And uh, we were talking just before the break, uh, Anthony, about sort of telephone etiquette and how you should behave over the phone for best results. I wonder if you've got any more thoughts on, on that. You talked about, obviously, um, the, the sort of concept of uh, helping people to buy, which uh, I thought was a, a nice one rather than selling directly to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, everybody tends to assume I'm a sales trainer because I do a lot with sales teams or with customer service teams where the objective is to boost sales. Uh, but technically, I look at myself as a customer service trainer. Um, and like I say, it's, it's all about helping your customers to buy um, more than trying to sell to them because it's so much easier to help somebody than it is to try and sell to them. <laughs> uh, but telephone etiquette, is, it's one of the, the major things really it's something that i'm actually being asked to do a lot of talks on over the next few months uh because in uh, i think three of my training slides i say your manners are a tool uh and they're your best tool on the phone because um they don't cost you anything and they allow you to ask almost any question you like um and just means that people tend to receive you in a much more polite and professional way um when you approach them over the phone so it's uh for me You've always got to be polite. Um, there is an element of being persistent, uh, obviously, when you are trying to get hold of somebody. Uh, but politeness is doesn't cost anything and, and works wonders. Um, from a, um, a sort of uh, point of view of your mindset, I always think that you should look at yourself as a, a particularly if you're doing outbound calls, as a proactive expert. Um, that's basically what you're doing. You're being a proactive expert, taking a uh, op- optimistic but quite honest view when you do talk to people. Um, like you were saying, people want to leave the call feeling happy uh, and upbeat and, and, and better than when they started the conversation. Um, and if you can do that by being optimistic, but obviously being realistic at the, realistic at the same time, then people like positive people, um, which always helps get the conversation going. Uh, yes, yes. So just uh, so my mind went back there. So so the the lady that um, I had a call with uh, last year who called me up and tried to sell me something, and 
I, I kind of smelled her rat and didn't like her, her sales approach or tone. That at the end of the call, I was so frustrated. She told me to do something to do with sex and travel. That wouldn't be good telephone etiquette. Um, no, no. <laughs> uh, and and uh, to be honest with you, that's the problem. I think that there's a lot of people out there that have this very bitter approach towards sales and a, and a happy collecting nose and feel that if people are rude to them, then they can be rude to others on the phone as well. And if you care about your reputation you should care about how your staff represent you over the phone um, and it's bad practice to to show any client or potential client ill manner okay, so I was uh, I was very polite to her and pleasant but I was just uh, I think I just asked a few questions that she found a bit difficult to answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and I think sometimes people can't take the hint um, quite often for example if I'm going to phone somebody and I've been given a mobile number, uh, the first thing I will always do is I'll say, oh, apologies to call you on your mobile. I'm assuming you're out and about at the moment. Uh, I was hoping for a couple of minutes of your time. When's a good time to call you back? And the first thing I do is ask when I should call somebody back because they instantly think, well, you can't be a sales call because you've made it far too easy for me to escape, which means you're going to get one of two answers either. I've got a couple of minutes now, what's this about? And in which case you get permission to speak. Or uh, in quite a lot of cases, they say, well, actually, I am interested, but I'm about to go into a meeting or I'm driving in the car at the moment. Could you call me back at, on Friday at such and such time? And I generally feel that you're better off scheduling a callback at the very beginning rather than rushing a, as much of a pitch down the phone as you can and hoping that you've caught them at a good time. I'm kind of... Uh I'm sort of interested in that from the the perspective of you know sometimes you know we can uh, and I, I've been guilty of this is uh, if I wanted to call somebody and maybe they weren't expecting me to call I kind of feel a bit you know mm-hmm. feel like I'm interrupting their flow and, yeah. and I don't actually enjoy the awkwardness of it. Okay. How, how do you how do you sort of prepare yourself for that mentally? Um, actually being aware of it is the first step. The first thing I often sort of kick off presentations with is, is do, are we all fully aware that our phone calls are going to interrupt somebody's day? Mm. Because half the time, I mean, I schedule call, uh, phone calls and callbacks like meetings, but half the time or the majority of the time, people aren't expecting your call. They're not expecting you to phone when you phone, which is why I think it's incredibly rude to be quite presumptuous that they've got time to listen to you rattle off a pitch and, and give you an answer of whether they're interested. So that's, that's kind of my, my view on it. Yeah, yeah, particularly if you're putting the kids to bed and things like that. Some, yeah, some, and, some and and the beauty of it is, is, is when you are nice and friendly, you don't end up burning your your opportunity with this person. Um, and like you say, with a lot of us sort of um, either working from home or occasionally for ourselves, there are other things happening in the background that we that we're preoccupied with. And if I if I'm if you're going to have the best conversation with me, you're better off making sure that I've I've got the time to listen to you because if I haven't and you start rambling I'll wait for a gap when you need to breathe and I'll say no 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 I'm not interested thanks very much goodbye yes um so yeah that's like I say that that's kind of my my view to it but I think that (laughs) most people out there are polite um and I think that most of us have a good nature about us so I think in answer to your question being aware of the fact that you're going to interrupt somebody's day is one thing making it clear you're aware of it at the beginning of the call tends to pacify the situation or take all of that awkwardness away 
say to somebody, I love starting a phone call by going, oh, even if it's somebody that I know, if we were going to speak, um, I think when, when we spoke over the last few days, whenever you answer the phone, I would say, Chris, brilliant, was hoping to have a catch up. Have you got a few minutes now or, or is there a better time to call you back? And I think by offering to call back at the very early stages, you give them a really easy out and you end up by giving them an easy out, actually confirming a time that they've asked you to phone them back, which means if you know them, they feel a bit more obliged to take the call or give you a bit more time when you do follow them up. Mm. Even if it's a case of on that second and sometimes third call, you phone and they've had something unexpected happen and they say, I'm so sorry, Chris, I know I told you to call me at three o'clock on Friday, but we've had a problem, I've had to nip out, can we talk on Monday? And you say, no worries at all. You crack on, have a lovely weekend. What's the best time to catch you Monday? Brilliant. I'll pop it in my diary and I'll give you a call around then. Is there, is there a, a, you know, for, for you know, business people like ourselves who are maybe making, making calls to you know, sometimes maybe senior people in organizations, for example, is there, uh, do you have a view on the best times of the day to call people? Um, well, I, I do. I get asked this question a bit. Uh, so I typically would say that between 10 and 12, a lot of people have got to their desk, they've cleared through their emails, they've had at least one or two cups of coffee, and there's a chance you may catch them at their desk. Uh, same between two and four in the afternoon, simply because people generally are back from lunch and it's not right at the end of the day where they're falling asleep or ready to go home. So they are good windows. However, I'm going to contradict this now. If you're going after corporate companies and senior people within corporate businesses, you tend to find that 10 and 12 and 2 till 4 is prime meeting time. Yeah. Um, and what I often say is when I make my calls and I offer to phone people back, the biggest trend I see is that people would like a call back first thing in the morning, at lunchtime, or at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so when people say to me when is the best time to make calls the only answer I can give you is right now and just take a view of booking when they want to speak to you yeah. schedule your call back um, assume that they haven't got time um, because they probably won't have and if they do you'll be delighted that they've given you the time of day but if they don't at least they'll commit to when they are prepared to talk and listen to you do, do you have any, any particular organizations or that you think you can use the phone really well to differentiate themselves and why um if i'm honest with you i've i've been sort of looking into some of the awards for call centers and things like that i typically find that a lot of the experiences that i have when i'm getting called by banks and my uh, tv provider and all of those kinds of people is typically the experience is average at best um, a lot of these people are reading scripts which you can tell which means that they're not really paying attention to what you're saying they have an ulterior motive of where they're trying to steer the conversation um, so I don't think I've come across any that have particularly stood out where I would say these guys have got it absolutely perfect however I haven't really made it a mission of mine to do that which perhaps I should do yeah, well, you, it sounds like you've got plenty of market opportunity there. Yeah, well, the uh, thing that I'm finding lovely at the moment is getting asked to speak more um, and do more keynotes. I'm finding that I'm, I'm more intrigued in doing research with some of the top professionals um, in some big companies that, that look after training and try and figure out what's important to them and what works and what's changed over the last sort of 10 years. Now, now I wonder, I, I imagine that, and, and I'm sure that depending upon your situation and uh, the type of product you're, you're selling, for example, 
mm-hmm. that you probably you know people have different people and groups of people that they that they target with with calls. Do you have any sort of views or tips on targeting? Uh, yes, I do. I've got t- two main tips, if I'm perfectly honest with you, when it comes to targeting is uh, I say to people, um, don't think about it as having a database. Try and create a wish list of clients you want to go after. Um, you need to identify some little niches that you can really show that you, you understand. So a good example of this is I've worked for lots of different IT companies, uh, but there was one in particular that I worked for in London who one of the directors used to be the IT manager for the UK biggest recruitment company so he'd built uh, sort of job boards and websites and, and apps around recruitment when I got there there was no coincidence that nine of their clients were recruitment companies so all we simply did was targeted other recruitment companies by introducing ourselves and saying I'm assuming you have your IT support covered in which they would say yes we do thank you very much diffusing the fact that they know I, I now know I can't sell to them and I would say look we are an IT support company but we specialize in dealing with recruitment companies we've got some nine different case studies and testimonials that I'd love to share with you all I want to do is get on your radar and find out when your contract is up for renewal and time a good time to come and introduce ourselves properly when you might start thinking about other suppliers and four out of five would say thank you very much for phoning me my contract ends in such and such a month and one out of five occasionally well maybe perhaps not quite one out of five but occasionally you'd stumble across somebody who is having some issues with their existing supplier and is happy to talk to you uh, at an earlier stage yeah so uh, so my, my advice is with your wish list um, is looking at your best existing customers and customers that are happy to give you testimonials and then focusing on those particular sectors. Um, just to give you an idea with that IT company uh, going after recruitment businesses, the other target market that we chose was very local businesses, which doesn't sound like a particularly good niche, but the way that we spun it on the phone was that we would introduce ourselves starting with that I'm assuming you've got it covered so that they could say yes and feel like they've set their boundary Uh, and we would say look we're trying to be smart about our business development and we've realized that the uh, most costly part of IT support is um, call out charges we're being really clever and we can actually walk to your door in under four minutes which means we would never have to charge you a call out charge just want to make sure you know who we are so that when you are thinking about changing that you give us a call good idea and people loved it. They'd never been approached by an IT company in that way. So there's two different niches that we managed to target for the same company, for the same services. Um, and then my other uh, sort of tip around targeting is thinking about strategic partnerships. So uh, the wish list you tend to find are clients or potential clients, whereas strategic partnerships are businesses where their products and services complement yours. So the underlying message there is that they can sell to your customer and you can sell to theirs. And I think if you can build relationships, strategic partnerships, you'll find that um, they end up being great referral partners and and they become that gift that keeps on giving. So if you can maintain those relationships, you'll find that you'll get one to three leads out of a, a strategic partnership on a monthly basis. Find yourself 10 of those and all of a sudden you've got more than enough work coming in. It's a very good, very good point. Mm. Um, So what would you say is the uh, perfect way to pitch over the phone? I mean, are are features and benefits and things like that important? Uh, Or do you not 
I avoid features and benefits, particularly in the early stages of a phone call. Uh, they don't help. As soon as most of us hear a feature followed by a benefit, we go, uh-uh, this is a sales pitch. They're going to try and close me down shortly. And we instantly go defensive. Um, so I think that uh, doing that down the phone doesn't help the conversation to flow naturally. It tends to get people's defenses up. So for me, as I think I mentioned earlier on, the best way to perfect your pitch is actually to go and share some success stories that people can relate to. We like to hear good news and if it's relevant to us and we think, think that it could help us, then we sit up and listen. And as children, most of us are ingrained to listen to stories. So it's a, it's a good thing to do that's, that's a bit different than a typical sales pitch and, uh, and hitting people with features and benefits. Yeah, that's a good point. So, Patricia Fripp said to me the other night, said, bring, bring your best clients into the pitch with you. Um, so best, best client stories. Um, yeah. Yeah, bring, bring them along. Which well, it certainly works. And I think a lot of us find it quite uncomfortable, particularly if you run your own business. It's quite uncomfortable to sort of blow your own trumpet, so to speak. So by doing this, what you actually end up doing is allowing your clients to do that for you. Now, a lot of our clients talk very highly of us and, and we get referrals from them, but we could always get more from them. So rather than sitting back and hoping that your, your clients are out there telling people about you, take their story and go and put it in front of people. Um, because you'll find that you can get it in, you can decide who you're putting it in front of and you can cherry pick who you want to target and put the story that's most relevant in front of them. Mm. Mm. So, uh, you, make, you make a very good point as well about, uh, you know, that, 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 like that angle there where you were talking about the IT firm and assume you've got your ITs all, you know, kind of fixed up. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember a situation that I had which... Um, Ended up being really beneficial. It was I was working as a key account salespeople person for a confectionery company. Um, mm -hmm. It was a, I'd identified the big opportunities in the area. One of them was locked in a five-year contract, and uh, there was something like three years, four years to go. And uh, what I still did was I kept in touch with the the guy and uh, would offer offer him. You know, I'd meet him occasionally. I'd give him some tips on what he had and. Uh, just keep him up to date and kind of befriended him. And yep. was, uh, he's, um, he was responsible for vending machines across um, a large number of leisure sites. And, and what happened was the, the company providing them suddenly went bust and he gave me a call and said, if you can get here within the next two hours, the contract's yours. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic fantastic well that's a great example of a strategic partner somebody another business that can sell your goods out to consumers yes uh, so uh, but i think the thing that you kind of demonstrated there and a phrase that i use quite often is what you basically did was you cultivated a relationship you nurtured it along you weren't impatient and, and kind of burnt your bridge early you you sort of sat back and and that's i think what people respect and they, they respect you for respecting them yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, I think that's right. That's absolutely right. And it is about it is about um, creating relationships and people liking you and seeing you as being front of mind. Really, I mean, when I got to that situation, it was quite amusing because the, the my main competitor was actually in the room with him when I got there. Oh God! Uh, and my, my heart just sank. And, Did and you? Oh no, he beat me there. And, and, and <laughs> it was it was a lady, and he walked her out, and uh, he said, "Can I just introduce you to uh, to Chris?" And he said, "He said uh, this guy really knows how to uh, how to build a relationship." 
Um, uh, you, you might want to get to know him sometimes. Goodbye, and then not come into the office. Uh, oh, fantastic! <laughs> so, so, so you actually went from feeling, "Oh my God, what's happened? Has they beat me here?" to going, "Oh my God, this guy really does like me. All of this patience has really paid off." I, I, I couldn't quite believe my heart was. Uh, yeah, my heart was on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> and then it went uh, the opposite way. Oh, um, fantastic! So we're going to go to commercial break again, and um, after, after the break, I want to ask you about things like uh, you know, scripting and listening and prospecting and those sorts of things so we'll be back again with Anthony in just a couple of minutes from the boardroom to you Voice America Business Network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kirk Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper. I'm with Anthony Stairs. And Anthony, we were talking before the break about, um, you mentioned earlier about, I think the word script. And, you know, I can always tell if people have got script and they're reading it out to me. Um, is it better to, to just work with a structure or a script? And if it's a structure, how would you structure it? Uh, well, I did mention that I used to write scripts, uh, and I don't do it anymore for that very reason, like you said, that a lot of people uh, actually read them as opposed to learning them. Uh, before I answer the question, because a structure is definitely the way to go, how do you feel when you can tell somebody is reading? What, 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 what goes through your mind? Um, what I tend, I'd probably tend to do is I tend to look at something else and start reading it. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> and the, no. the worst thing I find is when you, you, you have a, a company calls you, actually you've agreed to buy something, and then they have to talk through a script 
in great detail with terms and conditions and all that sort of thing and that also drives me nuts now that's frustrating and i have to say that is probably the one exception where i think companies can get away with it where you've already done a transaction or you're about to confirm details and they've got to read you word for word the terms and conditions because that's the only way they can make it legally binding uh without you being face to face and signing something there there and then um but i uh, typically i always ask the question about scripts of how do people feel what does it make them think when they can tell somebody's reading and quite often the response is that either they're not really paying attention um, or they don't know what it is they're talking about or it must be a sales call uh, all of these generally negative thoughts come into our mind about why this this uh, this person is reading and not just speaking to me properly uh, for me I always give a structure I try and give people a good intro to kind of kick the conversation off um, allow the conversation to go wherever it needs to go uh, but always come back uh, to a couple of different steps which allows you to stay in control of that call and with that prospect um, so the example if I'm okay to kind of just talk you through it very briefly is you need to start every call with what I call an intro and a teaser obviously you need to tell them who you are and where you're calling from but I think you need to give them a reason why you have chosen to phone them specifically Okay, not you're on our list, we're updating our records. You need to have something specific, which is why I am calling you as opposed to somebody else. Um, as I mentioned earlier on, I love starting all of my phone calls by telling people. So if I'm making calls for somebody else, uh, a classic intro for me would be, uh, oh, hi there, Chris. My name's Anthony Steers. I work for ABC Limited. I was sat down with one of our directors earlier this week, and he's asked me to get in touch with you. Uh, I was hoping just for a couple of minutes. Is there a better time for me to call you back? Mm. So I will tease you with this, uh, this authoritative type approach where I've got somebody really senior and I'll give you an option and an easy way to get out. But what I'm trying to do is to create a bit of intrigue. Okay. From there, if you then give me permission to speak, I will then justify why we have decided to phone you. Actually, my boss sees you as a potential strategic partner that we could potentially work well with. We've worked with similar businesses to you where the referrals uh, have got flowed both ways and we feel like we could, we could establish a new relationship with somebody like you. We're being proactive and we just thought we'd see if you're up for having a coffee and discussing this further. Yes. Okay, so that might be one of my kind of approaches and my, my teaser. Okay, sometimes that teaser might be, as I mentioned, and if I go back to the, uh, the approaching recruitment companies, may actually be saying to them, we, want, we basically want to get on your radar. We don't expect you uh, need us right now, but when you are thinking about us, we want you to remember us because of this. And I give them a reason as to why we might be a good choice for them. So a way that I often describe making uh, outbound uh, what are considered cold calls is you need to think of it a bit like um, sort of ordering takeaway pizza. Most of us get a, a, a delivery menu posted through our door on a weekly basis from our local pizza companies. Okay, They don't knock on our door and say, oh, hello there, are you hungry? Would you like to place an order? And in the telephone world, your telephone call should be you dropping off a menu, not assuming that they're ready to order. 
Yes. Um, and I think if people, most of us out there, our businesses are far too good to be represented by a, a 5p flyer that we're going to push through their door. So this introduction needs to actually be done in person for them to remember it. Okay. But you're going to do the same thing that that menu does. You're going to get, there's a bit of branding and awareness there. You'll notify them of any special offers that, that you have at the moment to try and encourage uh, urgency and suggest that they, they get in touch sooner rather than later. And here are our contact details for when you're ready to talk to us mm. and they hope that that goes in your drawer in the kitchen and next time you're hungry you pick up the phone excellent my, my, my least least favorite teaser by the way i don't know you that you think of it is um um we're, we're in your area next time. <laughs> yes uh, we don't use we're in your area because that is very very commonly associated with a sales call and is often we assume absolute rubbish yeah. um if you are genuinely or your boss or whoever you're booking the meeting for is genuinely in the area then if i'm going to mention it i would quote exactly where they're going or who they're going to see uh, yes, I, I, um, I got a lovely one. Uh, uh, it was a number of years ago when I lived in London, and I got a call through saying, you know, we're in your area next week, and we've identified that you'd be, um, you know, you'd, that you know, your property would be um, great with one of our conservators added to it. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, it was great. Should, and I d- debated whether to let them come round to my second floor flat. Yeah. <laughs> and you almost want to sometimes, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, it, it's go back to the sort of script or structure. I think if you, if you have a script, you tend to find that the conversation doesn't flow in the way that it naturally wants to go because you're going to say something that I don't necessarily, I can't preempt what you're going to say once I've said my intro. And if you go, if you then say something and I then revert to my script, you're going to think, oh, hang on a sec, why is he saying that? Well, they're not really paying attention. He's got an ulterior motive. He's trying to lead me down to this, to saying this or whatever is going to happen next. So, um, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. If, you, if you're going to uh, use the we're in your area, don't uh, be genuine about what it is you're doing. So a great example of where I've used that is I worked for a, a small building contractor um, for two and a half years where I did two hours a week. And all I would do was I would try and get him uh, meetings with architects. So strategic partners, architects that could in- introduce him to clients or allow him to tender for potential jobs. Um, and what I would do is I would look at their websites and I would make sure that they'd done two types of projects, either one in leisure, so leisure centers or gyms, or one with schools or education sector, because they were ones where I had great case studies, and I would phone them up, tell them why we're interested in them. They would say, why don't you send us your information and we'll put you on the tender list, to which we know that if we do that, it will go in a file and never get looked at because they've never met us. And I would say, look, we'd love to do that, but if we're honest, we'd rather come and introduce ourselves, explain the kind of projects we're interested in so that we don't have to chase you for tenders. You'll know which ones to contact us for. Yes, which they loved because they hate being chased by builders. So the way I would often do it is I would say, look, um, my my boss, let's call him David, is is in your area on Wednesday next week. He's going to see ABC Architects or he's going to visit a site on such and such lane at two o'clock. If you're around on that day, I could certainly get him to pop by before his meeting or perhaps come and see you afterwards. Would that work? Um, and if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And I would say, look, don't worry. Next time we're in your direction, I'll make sure that I give you a quick heads up. And if you're around, I'll get him to pop in then. There's no rush. Mm. And, and it means that I could revisit people week on week and, uh, uh, and you could move different town to different town. And I would just dabble back in to whichever town he was going to next and, and just touch base with people again uh, and, 
and go for meetings that way, really. Excellent. We're getting, um, not got long now, um, probably sort of three minutes, four minutes before I need to kind of wrap up. Um, so, I mean, are there, is it, you know, is there, are there particular things that you should be listening for? Um, yes, you should listen to how people say things and try and read between the lines. Um, most of us don't really pay attention. Um, so one thing I say is, is a great thing to do is to close your eyes when you're on the phone to somebody. Um, if you've never seen a picture of them, your brain will create an image of what they look like, which will probably be wrong. However, if you really pay attention, you can tell what mood somebody's in. You can pick up on mannerisms. Um, and I think the, the obvious one that I use as an example is I've been put through to people that answer the phone with hello and that's how they answer the phone so if you know that from that tone that they're obviously quite busy you can react and rather than saying oh hello are you having a good day today and asking that really stupid question that we always hate you could say oh it sounds like you're a bit busy at the moment is there a better time to call you back yeah. to which you either get, uh, oh my God, I must have come across really wrong. How can I help you? And they become very helpful. Or actually, yes, we're, we're having a problem at the moment. Can you call me next week? Yeah. And they respect the fact that you've respected their time. So really listening to what, what people say and how they say it actually tells you what they mean. And would you, would you sort of mirror and match their, their, their voice intonation, their speed? Uh, a, a little bit. Um, I would try and match their their volume. I try and find that if people are timid and quiet, the uh, the last thing you want to do is be really bubbly and loud. Um, however, copying people uh, and the way they say things can actually be quite distracting and people some people really don't like it so try and match try and match with them but obviously remain being yourself i mean for example if i'm speaking to a tradesman i might use yeah in my sentences whereas if i'm speaking to a lawyer i would only say yes mm. when i agree so there's there's certain ways that i that you may adapt the way you speak to different people um but yes a bit of mirroring but but not too much copying. Okay, and a quick, quick come on before I ask to sort of ask some I'll rise up here is, I mean, w- would you recommend um, leaving messages on answer, mach- answer phones or just simply calling back? Uh, if I'm going to leave a message on an answer phone, it will have to be somebody I have spoken to before. I don't tend to leave messages for people that I haven't spoken to before. And the message that you should leave should create intrigue and interest, not tell them what the phone call is about. Um, so for me, if I get offered a voicemail for somebody I've never spoken to, I'll listen to it in case they give a mobile, but I wouldn't leave a message. Whereas if I was trying you, I would leave you a brief message message asking you to call me back however i would remain in control of the call by saying give us a call back if you get chance chris however i'm back in the office on monday afternoon i'll give you a try then if i've not heard from you yes. and that way i stay in control and the ball's not left in your court excellent i wish i'd used that one yesterday morning <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant so uh so yeah but i've i've, I've absolutely loved chatting with you and uh yeah like i say i'm i'm i've really enjoyed it and hope the listeners have, have taken away a few little gems that they can put into practice excellent do, do you have a final message you'd like to leave us with um like i say the, the best way to engage a customer is to speak to them you can blast out a thousand emails you can do lots of advertising and you can sit and aggressively wait for the phone to ring but if you want to speak to somebody pick it up and dial those numbers because a lot of people will talk to you if you are respectful and polite when you approach them wonderful i think that makes an awful lot of sense be respectful and polite 
and uh, you've been respectful, polite, and engaging, and uh, with some great content that you've shared with us today. So thank you very much, Anthony. Thanks, very welcome. Thank you for inviting me on, Chris. You're welcome. It's been a, been a pleasure. So if you want to find out more about Anthony Steers, then go to um, uh, www.telephoneassassin.co.uk. Is that correct, Anthony? That's the one. Fantastic. Telephone and, you can, and you can see my number on there as well if you'd like to chat. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And he's pretty good on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am. Don't be afraid to phone me, though, please. <laughs> if you have any questions or feedback, um, please send it to, to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. If you want to know what's coming up, um, sign up for the newsletter on chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Chris and on next week's show, we've got um, Jonathan Wignant, the founder of Big Speak, um, one of the largest speaker booking bureaus in the United States on his website. There's pictures of him with Bill Clinton and Oprah Winfrey and people like that. And he's going to share his thoughts on dealing with change. So I'm sure that's going to be another fantastic show. Once again, thanks to Anthony, and I wish you all a tremendous week. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Music.